0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the
1: Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Uh, We're gonna jump right in because we got a word for you today. On this good Friday, first of all, this is, this is um, you know, we celebrate this every day as Christians, but we focus on Holy Week and we're talking about, obviously, the power of the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Uh, really the thing that makes us Christians. It couldn't be any more powerful. I mean, we if you missed yesterday, by the way, go back and watch when I'm dealing with uh, the seven prophecies. I only dealt with seven. I mean, there's hundreds I could have dealt with. But just to show you the power of uh, what Christ did and what God did in Christ, the Messianic prophecies were so specific, so amazing, so powerful. We dealt with it all day yesterday. It'll blow your mind to see how laser accurate Bible prophecy was. But of course, we know this week is today's Good Friday. Today, historically, the day that uh, Christ was crucified. And then, of course, uh, I don't know that it's called this. I'm calling this Silent Saturday. Uh, It looked like the whole thing was over. And then, of course, Sunday, we call it Resurrection Sunday. Jesus was raised from the dead. And that's why we gather. People don't know that. That's why we go to church on Sundays. Right, that's right. You know, people get freak out. You get these weirdos in the comments that are like, (laughs) you guys are doing it on a pagan holiday. It's worship of the sun. It's like, that's (laughs) not what it is. In fact, all the way back in the New Testament, even John the Revelator said, I was in the spirit on the the Lord's Lord's Day." day. Right. The Lord's day is Sunday. They were referencing the day that Jesus was raised from the dead, and, uh, and that's why we gather, but we're celebrating this coming Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Today, uh, many of your churches, I'm sure, are doing a Good Friday communion service or service or prayer service, whatever you might be doing, um, Silent Saturday. I like it too. We may coin that phrase, um, but tomorrow night, I'm going to be in Pompano Beach preaching at ADMI. Uh, a Brazilian church here locally. I'm very excited to be there. If you're local, come hang with us. It's going to be a great service. Starts at 7:30. All the details are on the website. But we're we're talking about that. And then you think about after his crucifixion, right? After his burial, after his resurrection, he spent 40 days with his disciples, right? Yep. On the earth, and then ascended, mm-hmm. and then 10 days after that, Pentecost, right? Hit, mm-hmm. and Obviously, we've got Pentecost Sunday that'll be coming shortly hereafter, but Pentecost changed everything because it gave us the ability to be filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, Romans 8, 11. Mm -hmm. And today, one of the things that we want to talk about, I'm so glad Alex is here, is uh, we're going to be dealing with the importance, there's my friend, Chad Lang, love you, my friend, Uh, we're going to be dealing with the importance of being filled with the Holy Ghost as a young person. Yeah. Because one of the things you can see, just look around. Culture has gone crazy. People have gone crazy. <laughs> yeah. And we see as we're getting closer to the return of Jesus, uh, obviously sin is abounding. Right. You mm-hmm. know, uh, people walking around with Satan shoes on. Right. <laughs> Human blood and <laughs> demonic. I'm getting the Chick-fil-A shoes. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just people have gone crazy. You know what blows my mind? You can speak to this a little. People aren't even ashamed of their sin anymore.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like. It's like you'll push towards a certain point where the only thing we were talking about this last night is the restraintment of the law. It's like people are basing the, their morality on the law. Right. So it's like if you don't have something to stand on, like the Bible, a standard that shows you like the objective moral standard, then everything's out the window. Like why why isn't pedofi- like why why is pedophilia not okay? Like right. If Ray, you throw that murder. out, right. Why is it not okay? As long as it's legal, as long as it feels right.
1: That's the danger of postmodernistic thought. Right. That there's no that objective. There's no absolute truth. You That's know. Right. If you guys haven't uh, heard this reference or talked about it, it's a huge deal again right now. It's like, uh, what's true for you is not, not true, true for, for me. me. Yeah. You have know? My truth, you have your, your truth. Your truth is different than my truth. Um, you know, maybe that is wrong for you. Maybe Christianity works for you. It yeah, doesn't work, doesn't for, work me. for me. Right. You know, I do something different. And so if you take any absolute truth out of the equation then it's going to basically be what everybody whatever anybody feels is right for them. Yeah. And that's that's a dangerous place to be. I mean, uh exactly what Alex said. It's like okay, if certain things aren't absolutely wrong, then who determines what is wrong and right?
0: Right? Because and- that
1: that's really where we're
0: at. Yeah, and plus, like... Who says that's wrong? Exactly. Like, wh- wh- what, what do you have to base it? Like, why can't I just go kill that person? Right. As long as it's legal, you know.
1: Well, you know, that's what they were trying to do. And even years ago, with, like, uh, the, you know, North American Man-Boy Love Association, NAMBLA. Oh. That was from years ago, where they were trying to legalize or lower right. the age of consent right. into, like, young teenagers. It's and like, you know... Well, yeah. If that's if it's if they're old enough to make a decision, you know why isn't that r- right? Why can't we do that? Right. It's all because it becomes relative. Right. If that's there's right. no standard of objective truth, then everything's relative. And you know what's crazy is we were referencing that. You know some people have they'll push all the way to you know the law of the land, but some people don't even stop there. Yeah. They they don't mind breaking the law. They don't mind doing what they want to do. That's just how they want to live. That's just what they do. And so there has to be standard truth
0: you can't you can't operate without it or else it's just it's complete lawlessness that's what the bible calls it calls it lawlessness
1: yeah isn't it interesting that one of the names for the antichrist is the The man man of of lawlessness lawlessness. right he's the origin the source of lawlessness and um you guys aren't going to want to miss today so take a minute share the broadcast uh get this out if you've got young people in the house anywhere around you you got nephews nieces grandchildren whatever you need to share this uh, send to him because this is going to be a vital broadcast on good Friday. Um, yeah, I saw that Danielle. She said uh, Nike was successful in halting the sale of the Satan shoe for now. Right. And, um, it's funny. I, I was to, quick
0: uh, enough to get myself a pair though. Yeah. I'm
1: glad you were able to jump in on that. Reselling it. There are people reselling those on eBay for like 10 grand. Insane. Insane. Swipe, Insane. Though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go to Walmart and just buy some of those Velcro running shoes and then just, you know, mark them, them up and, and I'm going to sell my own Put shoe. some of your blood in there. <laughs> um, so we're going to deal with that. And yeah, exactly. Evan said, have every teen read Leviticus twice. <laughs> we're going to get you into the law. Um, but in all reality, there needs to be. Um, so think about this. Not just an absolute truth that we believe, right. but what about a remnant of people who uphold absolute truth. That's right. That's right. Th- that's the key. We're looking for, and God's looking for, a group of people faithful to him that will uphold his uh, His absolute truth in the earth, that will uphold his word. Right, because
0: it's not enough for just to have like Christians in the earth that like believe it, but they won't say anything. You, like you have to, you have to like stand up. You can't just like internally believe it. Right. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, it I believe, therefore I speak. Mm -hmm. You have to actually take an action and like actually stand up Mm -hmm. because if you just like internally believe it, it's going to get nowhere and and lawlessness will abound like crazy.
1: That's exactly right. You know, I was, uh, I was looking at this today in Romans because it, it goes right along with what we're talking about. Uh, but listen to this because Paul, Paul was sent as an apostle, uh, to the Gentiles, not just to tell them about Jesus and not just to preach the message, but to actually disciple those people. But listen to why I I love this. Um, the Bible says, uh, Romans one, four, and we, and was declared to be the son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom, listen to verse five, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. So notice what Paul's doing. He's writing to Rome here, but you know, all of the places he was sent to bring people, not just to uh, preach the gospel to him or pray the salvation prayer. Notice his end goal to bring about the obedience to Christ. That's the actions, right? That's to, uh, making sure you don't just say you believe in Jesus. You obey him brings about obedience to Christ. It It raises up a group of people that are faithful to obey his word. That's
0: right. I believe, like, as much as people say, and, you know, me from perspective of a young person, as much as people say that, like, this generation is going to hell in a handbasket, all they, wanted, they they don't want to go to church, they just don't want Jesus anymore, I actually believe there is there's a huge remnant of people. I, I've met, like, tons of them, and I think that um, during the lockdown, there was, like, an awakening, almost, mm-hmm. like, of people. I've talked to a lot of people where they said, you know, I was, like, I was, like going the wrong place in life, and, and just during the lockdown, I felt God calling me deeper, and I feel like there's, there's a huge remnant of people that are willing to stand up for God. They're willing to uh, obey the word. And they're, they're not going to back down. There's a, there's a bold generation. If, <laughs> my friend Lauren said it like this. If, if you can have a, a generation of people that will cancel you know, pancake mix, they'll stand up and, and cancel you know, sin.
1: That's true. That's absolutely true. They're, they're bold. You know, that's, that's, that's a good point. Like, it's a, it's a generation of people... Who don't mind fully throwing themselves into what they believe. That's right. Like fully throwing themselves into. Like that cancel culture is a great example because there's people that are like willing to like, okay, I'll give you an example. I preached last year. You remember this? When we were were preaching at the Uproar Conference. And then there was a whole group of people that were just offended. I think just like at the conference at large. But, like, uh, decided to take it out on several people, me being one of them, and just an entire group of them uh, started trying to, like, bombard my Instagram, you know, blow up my posts, you know, it's all like this 10, stuff. Like, comments. Oh, yeah, like 10,000 comments. Try, hate, hate messages, hate posts, trying to cancel me, trying to get me to shut up, all this other stuff. Made fake accounts of me, you know, all this, all this different stuff. The, and, and like literally, were dedicated. I mean, I, I have to applaud their dedication. <laughs> they were, they were like, dedicated, and it's, it's it, weren't they? I mean, they were, like, it was
0: like their mission to take you down. It and was make their like mission.
1: Photoshop pictures. Of like, yeah, they went into Photoshop and like did the work. Did the work. They're, they they were put like, in the work. I have to applaud their faithfulness <laughs> because they went hard, and uh, that's because it's a generation that if they believe in something, yeah. they believe in it all the way. They're going to go hard at it. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's something that, that God can use in a mighty way that's right. because that truly is. And of course they were doing it on the, uh, the side of, uh, you know, wickedness or, or lawlessness or sinfulness, but they were faithful to their sinful thought. Mm-hmm. They were faithful to their lifestyle. They're faithful to what they personally believed, uh, even though it was wrong, but flip that imagine if they're in the that's kingdom right. of God. And they have that same zeal, that same boldness for the things of God. Imagine that. And imagine what, you know, that's why I applaud, I do applaud, you know, Cody and Mindy Spencer and and all those that, go, that work hard to put on the Upper Conference. Because when you see how it started and where it's at now, when you see over a thousand uh, students coming together oh, to yeah. go hard and to praise, it's not just, you know, and this isn't a plug, but it is, but it's like. You know, it's not like one of those conferences where you just come and hear, like, a really nice word, and everybody's like, right. mm, amen, mm. amen. You know, it's like, this. when you see a room full of people, an, an arena full of people, that are, like, dancing until they're sweaty.
0: Remember that night, it was, like, like they could not shut it down. It was, like, all night. Oh, yeah. All night. It Couldn't would not shut down. And the people outside, like, when they actually had to shut down the arena, because, like... They didn't have it for like past midnight, but they like kids were in the streets, like shouting all night, like all yeah. night, like they, they did not want to stop. Yeah, It was crazy. It was, a, I mean, it was a good sight to see.
1: Absolutely. I and mean, then you see that kind of zeal, you see that kind of hunger oh, and yeah. it's like, man, if you turned a generation to Christ, this generation that has that kind of zeal, that kind of hunger, that kind of faithfulness, right. you know, the, the sad thing is people are, are literally searching for something to belong to. Mm-hmm. to something to be a part of. And uh, the sad thing is they've found the wrong thing. That's right. And, um, you know, if, if, if you've got that kind of thing, if you don't have a Christ-centered uh, mindset, the devil will accommodate you. Yep. He'll get you involved in whatever he can to keep you outside of the kingdom. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say this, when you get those people into the kingdom, it's amazing oh, to cool. see their 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 hunger, how hard they go. And so um, we're dealing with that today, the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit for our generation, the younger generation, because when you see everything that's happening, you start to realize there's got to be an answer for this. What's the answer? How does it work? How can we effectively take these steps to not, we're not fighting uh, people, obviously. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal weapons, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. That's right. So you have to understand there's something we are called to do. That's right. And we're not equipped to do it until we are baptized in the Holy Ghost, Jesus said.
0: Right. You said uh, when I was like first learning about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you were like, um, you know, so like why is the baptism of the Holy Spirit important? And you said it's like going into battle without a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of Christians that they might want to fight, but they, they don't have the firepower, you know, like they don't have the the you know the fire of the Holy Spirit to go and do what they're called to do and and it's it's true it's sad but there are, there's it weakens you it mm-hmm. it um it makes it so you can not accomplish what you're called to do absolutely Jesus never meant for you to walk through life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's why he said Terry in Jerusalem mm-hmm. and wait the only time we've been told to wait by the way right and then after that it's go 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 like we're not tearing anymore but because we have that power we're, we're called to go you know, Jesus. It's not a side thing. It's you know, I, I, there's people who think the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a side thing, mm-hmm. like a side dish. Like you know, there's there's salvation, and then like if you believe it, like right. maybe that's for you, or like right. you know, or like don't preach on it a little bit because like the main thing is salvation. Jesus wanted you saved and then baptized. Look at the pattern in Acts. Um, they got saved. They called for Peter and John mm-hmm. immediately. Come Acts down. Eight. Yeah, Acts eight, and then. And then um, Paul immediately had. Have you Acts nineteen been baptized in the Holy Spirit since you believe? We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. He laid his hands on them. They all began to speak in tongues and him to him prophesy. It was immediate. Mm-hmm. It was so immediate that even even when uh, what was it? Peter was preaching. Yeah, Acts ten. They they got somehow they got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit like that. It yeah. wasn't like it wasn't like okay, you're saved. Let's let's take you through this course. So you like. Do you need it? I don't know. They didn't even ask him. Just lay their hands on him. You, You need the Holy Spirit. It's not questionable. You just, you need it. Yeah. That's all you have Well, you
1: think about this. I've had people tell me, you know, just focus on the main thing, which is Jesus. Yeah. It's like Jesus didn't even focus on Jesus only. (laughs) I mean, he was the one that said, I'm going to leave here. I'm going to send you another comforter who will be with you forever. Uh, I'll pray to the father. He will send it to you. And he said, that's why he said, go wait in Jerusalem. Don't do anything else. Don't preach. Don't lay hands on the sick. Don't cast out devils. Don't do anything until you're filled with power from on high. And so, we want to show you three areas today uh, truly why uh, it, and how it's going to operate in this younger culture and why we need to see uh, this in, a, in full operation. It doesn't need to be swept under the rug, it doesn't need to be ignored, right. it doesn't need to be uh, deprioritized. It needs to be focused upon because uh, time is short. Jesus is coming, and it's time now for us to go hard, as hard as we can in the agenda of God to fulfill the call of Christ. And, um, so as, as we were just talking about the very first reason that we need to make that happen is because Jesus defined it and said, this will be what gives you power. That's, that's number Mm -hmm. one. And you can put it in the comments. If you're watching, this is my source of power. That's how I would write it. This is my source of power. And so the, the real key here, you start to realize that Jesus had the mindset, Uh, you know, the reason he did, it's God's pattern. Even Jesus didn't have power.
0: That's right. That's, that's hard for people to grasp. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah,
1: he didn't have power. Didn't do one mighty work. I wanted to look at that because it's mind blowing to me. I want you to think of this. Jesus didn't have power for 30 years for the majority of his life. <laughs> it blows my mind. You know, he emptied himself of his deity uh, and and parts of his day the kenosis of Christ. He was all god and all man in one in one body. So that 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 right there is a hard concept for people to understand. He was all god and all man at the same time. Right. Uh, but there were certain things that he emptied himself that of that nature. For example, he wasn't omniscient as a man, he didn't know all things. In, in fact, he even said it. There are things. This is only for my father to know. It's not for you to know. It's not for me to know the times and the seasons. Only my father knows these things. So there were, there were areas, you know, he's still a great book is, uh, by J, I think it was J. Oswald Sanders, the incomparable Christ hmm. phenomenal book on, on Christology, but he goes back and forth showing you Jesus had humanity. And he had deity all at the same time. He still got tired. He had to go to sleep. He had to eat all those things. He had to grow in wisdom, had to grow in stature. Book of Luke tells us, but he was all God. But think about this. Even being all God, all man, he was trying to pattern for us what every human Christian should look like throughout their life. Though we're born in sin, we are redeemed, given God's righteousness and then filled with the Holy ghost and have the ability to do the works of Christ. So he showed us by doing it himself. Right. And the Bible says that after he was baptized in uh, the Jordan river by John, Luke four says then directly after his baptism, it's interesting uh, because Luke four says, and Jesus full of the Holy spirit, you remember what happened on his baptism, don't you? And the Holy spirit descended upon him in bodily form, like a dove, Jesus full of the Holy spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness for 40 days being tempted of the devil and he fasted and prayed for 40 days. But then we jump down. What's up VNA? Then we jump down to the verse 14. The Bible says and he returned in the power of the spirit. That's right. So That's right. you have it. Jesus got power when he was filled with the Holy Ghost.
0: Right? And it's just like like you said the pattern and we still follow that pattern. Think about it. Jesus, you know, people get the uh, confused, uh, born of the Spirit and baptized in the Spirit. Right, like, like I have the Holy Spirit, but you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah, there, it, it, it's it's a separate, it's a subsequent experience when He empowers you, right, by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just
0: just like Jesus, He was born of the Spirit because the Spirit impregnated Mary, mm-hmm. but then He also had to get baptized with the Spirit. He He didn't become God in the Jordan River. You
1: know, what I'm right. saying like He was. Nor God. did He get saved in right. the Jordan River. Right, He was saved and and he didn't need to be saved, right, because right. he was born free from sin, he was right. a sinless man, right, and so it w- it wasn't that he became the Son of God, nor was it b- he got uh saved or redeemed it's that he got filled with power
0: right so that's a subsequent experience like he had to do it. How much more do we have to do it uh, totally and it's it, don't don't do anything until you have it it's it's a it's a bucket number one thing it's mm-hmm. not a bucket number two or three. It's salvation, then get filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And some
1: people, it's salvation, Holy Spirit, like, like that. Yeah, it happens at the same time for some. Yeah. But see, here's where you get into problems. When you start talking with people, it's like, oh, well, you're creating a class system within oh, the yeah. body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to create, like, elite believers that these ones have the Holy Spirit, these don't. And then they'll hammer you and say, well, the, the Bible teaches every believer has the Holy Spirit. Right. Yes, they do. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. It's the seal of your salvation. But having the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and being baptized or empowered by that same Spirit aren't the same thing. Because if they were, then what was the point of Paul or Peter or any apostle dealing with any new believer right. and then uh guiding them to have that subsequent experience? What was the point? Why didn't they just say, "Okay, all of you believers, the whole city of Samaria, now that you're saved, you're good. You're good. You've got it all. No, Peter and John right. heard about what happened and came from Jerusalem. They had to make a trip. They came from Jerusalem and came to Samaria for the purpose, the the sole purpose right. of laying their hands on the new believers, so they'd be baptized in the Holy Ghost and filled with the Holy Ghost.
0: That's God. a long way,
1: right? I mean, like, like for, them, for them to do that, they weren't yeah. in a car. Yeah, you know, Paul went to Turkey, went all the way to Turkey, found yeah. those twelve men. And then after he got them baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, see, they'd only been baptized in water, John's baptism. Then he preached the gospel to them and they got saved, Mm -hmm. baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then he didn't just say, well, you're good now. We'll see you later. That's right. And then he laid his hands upon them and they all 12 were filled with the Holy ghost. So you can't argue even from scripture that there doesn't need to be a secondary experience. You can't argue that. Because we see secondary experiences in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 19, and then it actually happens simultaneously in Acts 10. That's right. But you can't a- argue that we don't need it. The book of Acts shows it to us in pattern. Right. And uh,
0: Mackenzie said, this is why I love Upper Conference. I agree. Because, you know, not just Upper Conference, but there, there are still churches, there are still people who are focused On, you know, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because it's important, not only for people in general, but for young people. Because, you know, in most youth groups, it's like, it's like pizza, then a game, and then we'll talk a little bit about Jesus, and like salvation, and then go home. And then at the end of like, what, what, like, 12th grade, they'll just know like, you know, Jesus loves everybody, you know, turn the other cheek, that's all they'll know. But you're sending people into liberal universities, think about like liberal universities with, with satanic messages Just like demonic, you know, indoctrination. Yeah, indoctrination centers without the power of the Holy Spirit, and you watch to see how that happens. And generations past, you see how that worked out. It did not work out well. We need it so badly to because if you're going into like a den of lions, you don't want to have like, you know, just like turn the other cheek. Right.
1: (laughs) It's not. It's not being. um, uh, We're not equipping people properly to send them out. You know, it's like makes me laugh. They're like. You know, people are like, well, I send my kids to public school to be a light in the darkness. Right. It's like they're seven. Yeah. They're seven years old. That's right. They don't know. They don't even have enough word content in them to be a light in the darkness. They're That's not right. equipped at that point mm-hmm. to be a light in the darkness. And so, you know, we, we've, we've just looked at it that way and not focused on the Holy Ghost. All right. So look at the trap is that we take our young people that have been in church, that don't even really aren't getting any kind of an impartation, not getting any kind of wisdom, knowledge built up. They're not prepared. They're not equipped with the information. And then we send them out into liberal indoctrination centers. That's what public high schools are. That's what universities are. It's what they are. It's what What some some Bible schools are. Yeah, I
0: was about to say that. That's what some (laughs) Bible schools are. Trust
1: me. It's absolutely true. And then they'll they'll get you coming back. They will destroy. They'll tear your... Uh, your religious mindset apart, you'll come back. I mean, I've watched it happen. I mean, do you realize this is one of the reasons that I was crying out to God and so am- I'm upset and that we launched Miracle Word University. One of the reasons that I began to teach the doctrines of the church from the New Testament Pentecostal perspective is because I was so sick of seeing people, young people get saved in my meetings, go off to these universities and come back not even believing the Bible's inspired. That's right. Not even believing the canon of scripture should be what it is. That we don't know what the Bible's really saying. That Christianity's just another religion among many. I mean, there's so many things. They come back because they weren't equipped... They didn't have the information. They didn't have the knowledge to go to those places and know what needed to be taught to them uh, ahead of time. You know, I taught my youth group different when I had a youth group. I didn't just go in there. Like you said, we had games, we had fun things, but I taught them doctrine. People, I had youth pastors that would call me and they'd say, "Uh, do you take an offering in your youth group uh, from your kid? I said, do I take an offering? I teach on giving for 30 minutes every single week before my message. Like you, you preach for that long to young people. Yes. And all the young people that I know that stuck with it, they're all blessed now. They're all blessed. One that, uh, many of you don't know, Jenna that works for us, her husband, Ralph was in my youth group and, uh, Ralph now, uh, the company that he works for, he's in the top 10 sales uh, people in the nation, in the nation being like supernaturally blessed. God's using him. Uh, even, even back then got some of the best jobs you could have. I mean, he was just blessed, but you know what? He's a giver. He understood these things. He came up with the revelation. He understood how to do it. I looked at others that, that I was teaching at the time. See the, the, if you're equipped with the information, it's the truth that sets you free. John eight thirty two. That's right. They'll know the truth. People are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And so you start to realize that if we're not equipping people with the truth, then they're going to be destroyed by what's been spewed at them in the culture. And that's why you've got to be, number one, empowered by the Holy Ghost. Look at, look at some of the other things that are going on in the culture. Uh, you know, Depressions on the rise, oh, yeah. suicide on the one. rise, uh, anxiety attacks, panic attacks, spirit of fear, I call it, on the rise. Yeah. How do we deal with these things?
0: That's right. It, it's, it's super important. If you, if you have Snapchat and you're somewhere close to my age, if you're not, I mean, still, if you have friends that aren't saved, you know, just just scrolling through social media, you'll see people that are hurting. Like, like typing on their Snapchat story, I'm going to kill myself. Like, like just straight up, they say, I'm going to kill myself. You're, you can't just come into that with no power and be like, no, it's okay. No, that's not what's going to cut it. You need to have something different than the world can do. You can't just be a therapist. You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. Something that sets you apart from every person, every Christian, by the way. Right. Because a lot of people, you know, they'll just say, oh, I don't like Christians. They're just like, they're just like normal, but they're like, you know, religious. We, we, we can't have a form of godliness. We need to have the power.
1: Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Well, you think about it. You know, and one of the things that Pentecostals have been known to do is, you know, they'll vilify anything that is not the power of God. We're not saying It's it's like, it's like how they'll, they'll go off on like medical care or whatever. We're we're not against doctors or hospitals or surgeries or, you know, whatever you think is helping people in the natural, that's all fine. But don't mistake that for the power of God. That's right. Because they're not the same thing. They're not the same thing. And and it's like, when God does something for you, he wants to get all the glory for doing it. He doesn't share his glory with any man. That's why I always laugh when people are like, I want to give God all the praise. Uh, You know, my mother had 22 rounds of chemotherapy, and now she's cancer-free. It's like, (laughs) who who gets the praise for that? Does the actual chemo get the praise? Does the doctor administering it get the praise? Does your oncologist get the praise? Does that hospital and how it's run get the praise or does God get the praise? That's right. And God doesn't share his glory. He doesn't share his praise. So same thing with a therapist or a a counselor or whatever. You know, I want to thank God that after five weeks of counseling, (laughs) I was, it's like who gets the praise? See, when God sets you free, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You know, God doesn't need the assistance of a natural resource or a natural uh, thought process to set you free. It's like, I've heard churches like we need to pray for sister Mary, uh, tomorrow she goes in for surgery I'd like us to just join our, our, uh, faith together that God would just guide that surgeon's hand and just, just put the anointing all over that scalpel as he cuts the tumor. It's like, (laughs) you think that's God, how God works? You think he, he works that way so that he's invisible by the end, where it's like, you know, the surgery really worked. But then he doesn't get any glory. That's he right. doesn't get any praise.
0: Because if it were, if it were like that, then my covenant is literally like nothing. It's like mm-hmm. if I need a mask, if I need surgery, if I need a vaccine to stay safe, then do I really have a covenant? Or do am I even I just need like the everyone? Holy
1: Spirit? That's right. Do I even need God? That's right.
0: God doesn't work through, you know, Johnson and Johnson's vaccine.
1: Yeah, father, we just pray. It's like I saw somebody that was actually guiding their church to fast and pray that a vaccine would be created. Good. Like that was the actual purpose of their fasting and prayer. Let's just begin to fast and pray that a vaccine will come about. It's like that's it, it takes just as much faith <laughs> yeah, to exactly. fast and pray for that as it does for protection or healing. It's that's like right. it makes no just, sense to me. It makes no <laughs> logical sense. But this is where people are at. And so you have to recognize the nature of God, the character of God. He gets the glory, the praise for what he does. And so he doesn't share his glory. He doesn't, uh, share his, his praise with others. And that's the key. So that when we stand in the power of the Holy Ghost, that when we do the works of Christ on behalf of the kingdom, as we're called to do, then God gets the glory because it's a supernatural freedom. When you can be delivered from depression and don't need antidepressants, then it's, it's supernatural. When you can be delivered from anxiety, when you can be delivered from suicidal thoughts, when you can be delivered from sickness, and it's not because of a surgery or a medication or anything, it's divine right. healing. It's divine deliverance. And it's facilitated by the Holy Spirit's power.
0: All right. There's no side effects with, with God's power. <laughs> very why true. You'd rather. It's not like, it's, it's not like true. I get
1: to pick between the Holy
0: Spirit or Or this medication, like go with the Holy Spirit. It's better that way. Of course, it's not going to pop back up. You don't need four more pills just to (laughs) quench the side effects of that one pill.
1: Exactly, that's very true. And you know, side effects may include death. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I could just do that (laughs) myself. I don't need your pill. That's right. Um, But you've seen that. I'm sure you've seen uh, so many examples of young people hurting, uh, depressed, those that are like really struggling, and um, just what what have you seen as far as when, once people begin to see the power of God in action, the power of God at work?
0: You know, the first thing they'll do is, like, they'll be taken back by, like, wait a second, this is Christianity? Wait a second, like, it's not just, like, a 90-minute a church service? Right. Like, I, like, Lilia was telling me, like, when she was watching the Uproar live stream, she was like, wait a second, this is this is what this is? I can, like, I can be a Christian and not be boring? Like, first of all, that's that's the thing, it's like you can have power as a christian it's not just you have to pick between demonic rock power like weird stones or whatever and then the holy ghost that's the first reaction second reaction is actually experiencing it and it's like it's like wow i feel happy right now mm-hmm. like i feel like like good like there's something that that god is giving me that's better than whatever i needed in the world true and it's and you know pre- it's not a cliche that like you know, the world didn't give it to me. Like the world can't take it away. That's true. Yeah. Like that is true. it's a different kind of joy. It's not happiness. It's joy. Like I don't need like whatever. I just like, this is, this is what I want to live in. This is what I want to stay in.
1: Tariq said, side effects may include laughter, joy, peace, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Lilia said, wait, they didn't pre-schedule when to stand and sit. Oh my God. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, and you think, <clears throat> you know, we have a generation of people that are hurting. God has raised up deliverers. That's right. That's the point. That's what he always has done. Go back. Moses was raised up right. as a deliverer. You go, go through all of it. Noah was raised up as a deliverer, but nobody would uh, listen to him. That's right. He preached to all kinds, but nobody would listen to Noah. But he was there, raised up to be a deliverer. Go through the prophets, the judges raised up as deliverers. You go through New Testament, Christ was raised up as a deliverer. The disciples were raised up as deliverers. What were they called to do? Go out and deliver the captive. We were reading that last night. Right. Actually, mm-hmm. the spirit of the Lord is upon That's me right. because he's anointed me to bring deliverance to the captives. It's Luke chapter four and verse 18. Yeah. Lillia said, clapping in churches, blasphemous. blasphemous. You Thank know, you. it's, it's like he's anointed me to bring deliverance to the captive. Right? So, the same anointing that's on Christ is on you. you're the body of Christ filled with the Holy Ghost, deliverance to the captives. Yeah. you're anointed to destroy the works of the devil just that's like right. Jesus.
0: That's right you've got to proclaim that over your own life like like yes Jesus was that but'm like he was the prototype. I'm like Jesus now. I have the that's same right. spirit you, like we don't understand this fully. the same spirit. The same spirit that was hovering over the waters in Genesis. The same spirit that spoke through the prophets in the Old Testament. The same spirit that was in the, the Ark of the Covenant that led the Israelites to battle. Same spirit that uh, brought Christ into fruition. The same spirit that let Christ heal all those people. The same spirit that rose from the dead lives in you. That's right. It's not a different spirit. It's not a junior spirit. Mm-hmm. You've got the same spirit. same spirit. So the same way Jesus was anointed to proclaim the good news to the poor... Uh, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are op- oppressed.
1: That's what your job is. That's the purpose of why we're even here. Right. That's right. That's exactly it. And the thing is, if you don't think of it that way, then you'll just think, well, you know, that's how, that's how life happens. you got to learn to roll with the punches, and there's up days, there's down <laughs> days. And, you know, we're all struggling to be more in peace and more like Christ. And let's just let Him hold us through the storm. Amen. <laughs> Because that's really, it's like, that's not how it works. Take authority, take dominion, realize you've been filled with power and authority, rise up and be a deliverer to your generation. That's right. Be a deliverer to your generation. Secondly, is uh, uh, that not only are we called to be filled with power, but Holy Spirit just doesn't give power. He gives us fruit. Mm -hmm. And that's the second area that we need in this generation in the the midst of this culture. We don't just need the power. We need the fruit because one of the things that has happened is, you know, how do you realize how quickly you can destroy your witness with somebody? It doesn't take long to destroy your witness or, or be able to minister to someone. All it takes is one bad interaction. That's right. One wrong response not walking in love, not being kind or gentle, you know, not all the things that Galatians five tells us to be the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. If you don't operate in what we call the personality traits of Jesus Christ, it does, it can, you can very quickly destroy your witness with somebody and then they can't receive from you. They can't, they cannot receive from you. And so what ends up happening? Well, you've now limited your ability to do the work of Jesus. And so think of it from two two different ways, right? If I'm going to be a deliverer, I don't need to be a prayer project. That's
0: right. Yeah, that's right. If Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a deliverer... Put that in the comments.
1: I don't need to be a prayer project. Yeah, put it in the comments. That's right. If I'm going to be a deliverer, I don't need to be a prayer project. What do I mean by that? (laughs) I mean... If all of your Christianity is always inwardly focused, what can I get? Where's my blessing? I need a touch. Where's my, then you're going to always miss the calling of reaching out to others. That's why we're called to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might that we're called to stand tall and to be delivered. We're responsible to personally be victorious. That's right. And that's what the fruit of the spirit do for us. The reason I can actually focus ongoing to bring deliverance to those with depression. I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed. I'm not sitting around wallowing in depression. If I was, I'd have to focus on me first. I've got to get delivered to be a deliverer.
0: That's right. You and, see what I mean? And it's like if people look at your life and it's like even worse than theirs, yeah. why are they going to take point? Like, it's like,
1: why do I need yeah, to hear what you have to say? Someone who, has,
0: who has, is super like way sicker than you is like giving you like health treatment. Like it's like, you know, can you imagine a homeless believer. person
1: on the street that was like down by Wall Street in New York, and the, like they see a trader coming out of like a, a building, like, "Let me give you my picks on the top stocks <laughs> yeah, to buy like, this year." It's like, why would I listen to you on any financial advice? That's right, you know, and that's how it is in the natural realm. Why would people, you know, want to look at you and say, "You need to serve the Jesus I serve." It's like, you you know, I don't want like, what you got. Yeah, I don't want. That's I'm telling you. That's why I don't even let. Um, that's why I don't even let um, every preacher lay hands on me as a preacher, because there's, I've seen, I've been around guys, looked at what's going on in their life and in their ministry. I don't want what you have. (laughs) I'm being honest. And I'm not saying that trying to be disrespectful. I'm saying that because I truly believe in impartation. I believe in impartation. There are people that I do want to lay hands on me. And there are plenty of people that I don't want them laying hands on me. I've told people no before a bunch of people. I'd like to just lay hands on you and pray. No, thanks. (laughs) No, thank you. That's right. I actually had to explain to a guy one time why he couldn't lay hands on me. Seriously. And he he was like, why don't you want me to lay hands on you? I said, because first of all, you don't understand apparently that in the Bible, there's only so many reasons to lay hands on someone to get them filled with the Holy ghost. I'm already there to get them healed. I'm not sick to get them delivered from demons. I don't have a demon said to bless them. And I said, I'm already more blessed than you are. That's right. I said, so I said, which one I said, or the fifth one is to separate them into ministry. to to ordain them in the ministry. I said, I'm already in the ministry. I said, so for which of those five are you wanting to lay hands on me? He said, well, I never thought of it that way. Well, think of it. (laughs) Think of it that way. I said, no, and I was kind with him. I said, no, I understand you want to pray for me. I said, pray for me from home. You know, add me to your prayer list. When you think of me each day, pray for my ministry, pray for my family, pray for, I'm not, it's not that I don't covet your prayers. I want you to pray. I don't need you to lay hands on me. You understand? And so now I'm not saying that I wouldn't have people lay hands on me. I have my father lay hands on me. I have Dr. Rodney Howard Brown lay hands on me. Yeah. I ha- I've had Bishop Oyedepo lay hands on me. I've had all kinds. My uncles lay hands on me. I, I've had many ministers that I do want what they have. Right. I do want what they have. I'm not more blessed than they are, right? I'm not operating at a higher level than they are. And so I do want them to lay hands on me because I'm headed somewhere. That's right. But uh, if someone looks at your life and is like, why would I want what you have? You know? <laughs> Why would they listen? Why would they listen? You know, and by the way, let me just put a little aside here. Um, this is one of the reasons Jesus said, it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's right. Because, and, it, and he's not, and I want to make this uh, very plain, very clear. Um, the reason Jesus said this is not because Wealth is wrong. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's not why he was making this point. Right. Because what he was saying was it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He's not talking about people that are already Christians or in the kingdom because God has no issue blessing you financially. That was not the point of this, uh, this statement. He was saying when somebody already feels as though they have all they need, why would I need what you have I'm already doing better than you are? And that's right. the problem. We, we, we were discussing this last night. There was a famous preacher, and I can't remember if it was Spurgeon or, or who it was, that said, before you can get somebody saved, you've got to get them lost. Because the, the thought process is this. Most people think they're doing okay. That's right. They think they're fine. When you preach to people, it's like, yeah, yeah, I've heard about that Christian. Family. You know, we have a pretty good family. We got things going pretty well. And, you know, we don't... It's sad that it takes sometimes crisis in someone's life for them to come to Jesus. It shouldn't have to take that, but when somebody's humbled and brought low, they realize, like, I don't have everything I thought I needed. That's right. It shouldn't have to take that, but many times it does. But what this preacher was saying was, you've got to get them lost before you can get them saved, which means you have to show them through preaching their need for a Savior. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter how healthy you are. It doesn't matter how well your children are doing. Everyone is dead and on their way to hell unless Jesus saves them. Yeah. And so you have to get them lost before you can get them found. And and so the, the, the thought process being, it's hard for a rich man. Well, why? Because he thinks he's doing well. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. I don't need help. I don't need Christianity. I don't know. And the thing is, that's deception. It's deception, which is also why the disciples said well then lord who can be saved because they had right. money
0: yeah <laughs> and they were freaked out yeah. by that
1: statement uh-oh <laughs> but understand something uh many times people who are unsaved that are doing well don't feel like they need help you got to show people their need for a savior but on the other side uh you don't need to be as a christian walking so far below the the goodness of god in your life that people are like dude your life is a train wreck <laughs> And you are telling me I need to change and become more like you? That's right. You're always depressed. You're always in drama. You you can't keep a job.
0: Yeah. You're doing, <laughs> it's funny, you're doing a disservice to people. Not even just a disservice. Like you're being a bad witness. You're being a bad representation of Jesus if your life is defeated. And that's not like condemnation no. on like people who are. That need to touch. Right. Because there are people who need to touch. Right. But strive to be the person that that people look at and is like okay if they can do it i need i need what they have
1: because mm-hmm. you know because you can't you can't look lower than everyone else right and i'm not saying that you won't need healing from sickness or that's battle right. that but i'm i'm even thinking more more specifically about things that you can quickly control and take authority over that's why we're dealing right. with the fruit of the spirit that's right. so i'm looking at like you know why people that are always in drama with other people. That's right. Yeah. People that are always having attitude problems and walk. You won't. They don't walk in love. They don't walk in joy. They have. they all these issues, and it's like, dude, your life is a train wreck. You can't keep relationships. You can't keep jobs. You're not faithful. All these things. Why would I want to look more like you? And the fruit of the spirit. Now here's what's powerful. Two things happen. The fruit of the spirit. It. If you walk in them, it keeps you free. That's right. But if you walk in them, it also keeps you in a place of witness to others. One of the things that we could easily do in our culture is get quickly, and we're seeing it happen, get quickly angry at everybody for their thought process and for their point of view. That's
0: right. They're attacking, you know, you focus too much time on the wrong thing. Like, yes, there's a demonic plan, but those who believe the demonic plan need Jesus.
1: Right. That's exactly right.
0: you're You're not attacking the Antichrist. Like, the Antichrist isn't getting, like, like sat, or like the spirit of Antichrist isn't getting like defeated because like you're posting on Facebook, right? Like you know you you've got to minister to the people who are bound by
1: that, right? Absolutely right. And you think about the fact all it takes is a couple uh, wrong steps to lose your ability to minister to somebody. You know That's you right. don't you don't stop walking in love because somebody has a different point of view than you do. You don't start uh, uh, freaking out at people. And I've seen so many people lose their ability to minister to others uh, because of the fact. That they don't use or walk in the fruit of the spirit, you know, they lose their joy, they lose their peace. You know, when Paul uh, literally <laughs> commanded us, Tariq said, "My thumbs My are moving." Alex, it, it <laughs> um, Paul commanded us to live in peace where possible. I have people that are friends of mine that don't believe everything I believe, politically, you know, worldview, whatever, and I still love them. You know, I I could under, I understand where they're wrong. I understand. Uh, Now, if they're antagonistic, it's okay to separate people from your life. We've dealt broadcasts on keeping the peace in your home, keeping the peace in your life. But, you know, if people have something something that's a different viewpoint than me, I'm not vilifying them. And nor am I, uh, you know, trying to uh, always, every time they're around me, bring it up and then go at it. It's like, I don't want to do that. You know, I love you. Pray you're doing well. We don't agree on that. I don't care to talk to you about it because (laughs) I don't, I'm not... You know, if you're saved and on your way to heaven and you're doing the work of the Lord, I'm not going to sit around and get petty over things that are that are small because I feel like I always have to be right about everything. Like, there's people that that's their whole goal. They have to be right about everything.
0: That's right. And and it, it, it is a trap because, you know, it's it's okay to have, like, like, debates, talks with people that are saved and, like, you know, you're your friends. You know, you're not going to, like, lose your witness because you're going to go at it. But, like, when it becomes, like, an, an instinct, like, Like, oh, they're they're of the other political party. Let's change their mind. It's like, that's not the first goal. And it is a trap because people, you know, it's it's a tendency to want to, like, if you know something, you want to, like, talk about it. You want to convince them. Sure,
1: it is a trap. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't know know things that are political or have information or knowledge. But it's very interesting to me that uh, Jesus lived in a day where there was severe uh, political tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caesar had taken over. Uh, the Jews were basically uh, submitted to Caesar. They were upset about it. They actually questioned Jesus: Should we pay taxes unto Caesar? Mm-hmm. Do you think we should? That was a trap question, by the way. That was because, a hot
0: button. Yeah, he,
1: he was trying to. They were trying to trap him into saying controversial things politically, so that he would be either uh, either the Jews would hate him if he answered one right. way. Or the Romans would be upset with him if he answered the other way. And um, Jesus had the perfect answer. But you know it's interesting? As they were crucifying Jews and all the things they were doing, Jesus never led a march. Jesus never protested. There was never one protest. You know, they didn't stand in the streets with signs and protest Caesar, Augustus, and all. I mean, you know, they didn't, they didn't do any of that. And when they very well could have, he didn't lead a political riot. You know, the only thing, unless, right. the only thing they did when they pushed back was if it stopped their commands from Christ, meaning uh, when they told Peter and John, don't preach or do any more healing or any of that, Acts 5:29. we must obey God rather than men. So they kept on just preaching and doing ministry, even though the government said no, or the high council said no, they were beaten for it. They were persecuted for it, but it wasn't because of political positions. That's right. And you think about it, who could have more than anyone? Uh, had a political stance and taken a political stance, Christ, Christ could have easily, easily in his day, taken a political stance with where Rome, what Rome was doing with Jerusalem and, and the Jews and all that didn't ever. He didn't ever. It wasn't part of his mission. The disciples didn't ever the apostles didn't ever. It wasn't part of their position. It wasn't part of their calling. That's right. They focused on the gospel and they kept on. Now, if there was political pressure to stop doing what they were called to do, they bucked the uh, you know, the, the system and they kept on doing what Christ called them to do. But they didn't get do it in that way where it's like, we need to sit down and have a chat with you about the political. Uh. It's <laughs> like they, they didn't do it. That's and right. there was a reason for that. There was a reason for that.
0: That's right. Yeah, they they weren't seeking to be arrested. They they were fulfilling the call of Christ and then they were arrested for it. It's like churches that are open now, they're not like open to get, you know, to like be disobedient. But they're to open obey Christ. to be obedient. Right. It's not to be a di- disobedient to the government. They're just doing what they've always had.
1: Right. And the thing is, you have to recognize that there are side things that we could get interested in that could take us out of That's right. um our true calling you know, take us out of our true calling. You know, I, one of the things that I appreciate probably who does it best. My cousin, my cousin, Jonathan probably does it the best because, uh, in reality, you, he's very intelligent. You could get caught up in all of that stuff mm-hmm. and make that your main focus. Whereas he doesn't, he has that where he can explain it to you about what's going on politically and all those things. It hasn't taken one ounce away from his actual ministry Right. Hasn't taken one ounce away from him winning the lost or seeing people healed or seeing people delivered and holding Holy Ghost meetings. And I mean, he's in the midst of a, a four week extended revival. So being able to do those things and, and do them well has not taken him away. But the danger is for most people is that it consumes them and it actually stops, hinders or is a roadblock to what Christ has actually called them to do. Right. And they get so interested in it. It becomes like their full focus. And then they're pulled out of their calling. And so that's the danger that everybody has to always keep in their mind is that, like, yeah, there are things like you said. If you have knowledge of something you want people to know you right. do, right. you want to explain it to them. You want to, like, co- have conversations to prove, like, yeah. I know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> that's right. You've dealt with those people, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. It, it's, like, even a pull for me. Like, I, I'm interested in politics. It's, sure. It, it's, like, it's hard for me to, like, not talk about politics. But, you know. I get to a certain point, and obviously, like I can, I can have a conversation with my friends because I know I'm not gonna, like, you know, like shake their faith or like shipwreck their faith because of it. We're Mm -hmm. just having a conversation, right? And we're allowed to do that. But when it becomes a sole focus, when when you're a Republican over a Christian, then it's a problem. Then it's a problem. Democrat over a Christian, it's a problem.
1: Right? Yeah, that's exactly true. So operating the fruit of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and then finally the leading of the Spirit. I would say this is the biggest need for every young person uh, that's a Christian to be led by the spirit. There, there is no bigger need. I promise you after a decade of youth pastoring, after two decades of ministry, I can tell you without pause, I can tell you without pause that being led by the spirit is the biggest need not just for young people, for all for Christians, all people. Romans 8, 14, the Bible says that all those who are led by the spirit of God, they're the sons of God. That's right. We need the sons of God. The children of God need to be led by the spirit of God. They must be, they must be, uh, because here's the thing. It would stop so much wasted time. It would stop so much missed opportunity, There's so many things that it would fix if people would just be led by the Holy Ghost. It would just fix it.
0: Right. That's right.
1: Think about practically. What about all of our young people going to college? Raise your hand in the comments if you know of young people that have gone to college that have changed their major like two (laughs) times. That's right. I can raise mine. I know people that have done that. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Changed their major like two times. Well, You know why they're doing that? They don't know what they want to do. They don't know what they want to do with their life. Well, I thought I was going to study that, and then I got into school and That's realized right. like I didn't care for it as much and, you know, and then they get in there and then what's what's the result of that? Now I'm in school longer, which means that I have even more student That's loans, right. which means I'm in debt till I'm 50 years old, yeah. which is what's average the average of what's happening. People are in mid to late 40s into their 50s still in student loan debt from these universities that charge so much money to indoctrinate you. Yeah. It's insane, and then you're like, okay, now I'm in the place where uh, look what being the lack of being led by the Spirit did to you. It didn't just keep you in a a, a place of uh, limbo trying to figure out what to do with your life. It also has kept you in debt till you're 50 years old.
0: That's right. It makes me look at those people or like you know and say like, thank God I know what I'm doing, you know, because the Holy Spirit has told me. You know how how much of a peace it is to just like. Have no worries about, like, you know, thinking about, oh, I don't know where I'm going to go. It's coming up soon. It's coming up soon. I don't know. Right. It, it's such a peace. Like, yeah, I'm going there. It's going to be great. And I know it's going to be blessed because the Holy Spirit told me. Right. That's it. I just know it. And yeah. you know it. And, and I'd encourage people. And if we're, we're talking about college, you know, as long as we are. I'd encourage young people. If you haven't, it, it's, it's so important that you actually, like, take the time. Fast and pray. If you don't know what your calling is, if you don't know what, your, wh- what college you're supposed to go to, Fast and pray. Lock yourself in a room if you have to. It matters that much. Because you don't want to look back on your life and then end up in some dead-end job, not, not doing the thing that you know you should be doing, but like, you, it took you 50 years to realize that. That's probably, like, uh, that's, that's probably the, the worst thing that could happen in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's to not fulfill the calling of God. Because you're not guaranteed to be blessed in any other path. He only has one path for you. He doesn't have multiple wills for your life. He's got one will for your life. That's right. And it's possible to walk straight, like, dead center in the middle of that will absolutely and it'll be blessed absolutely. so if, if you don't know
1: lo- fast and pray fast and pray that's right you know it's not and here's the thing i don't know if people feel like they have to like talk god into leading them or, that's right you don't he wants to lead you he's always speaking it's just that we're not always listening and many times as alex said fasting and prayer is the key because it silences your flesh and allows your spirit man to Uh, Be more dominant, if you will. The flesh is the buffer; it is the filter through which your spirit uh, operates. Because the flesh has to be crucified, Paul taught uh, that—that on a daily basis, that he is putting his flesh under, so that his spirit can do what it wants to do. And if you don't take authority over your own flesh, it'll be very hard to hear the voice of the Lord and to continue to do what He's asked you to do. But By fasting and prayer, that's why I I took the time. I made sure that before this year started, we released that book on the Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting because it's so vital to the believer that we fast and pray. It's a command of Christ. It's so vital that we do it that it can't be something we just do once a year. It has to be something that we're doing throughout the year, putting that flesh under, hearing from the Holy Ghost. And what it does, I mean, everything in my life that has any meaning happened through the leading of the Holy Spirit. I yeah. promise you that. Yeah. Anything. Where I've where I've gone in ministry, the places I've been, uh, my wife, uh, moving here to Florida, everything going on television, getting this office, starting the ministry, anything I've ever done. Where I went to Bible school. I was planning to go somewhere else and went to another place because the Holy Spirit led me to make that choice. That's right. All of it was by the leading of the Spirit.
0: And uh yeah, and and you'll start to notice that If you'll just make that decision ahead of time, like, like Jacob did, like, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Mm -hmm. Like, be that, that that violent faith, like have that violent tenacious, tenacious. Yeah. That'll say like, no, I'm not leaving until I get this call from God. And once you get in that position where you're like telling God, like, look, I need this. I need your plan for my life. You'll realize he'll, he'll speak to you. If you're in the place of obedience, like I'm going to be obedient to fast and pray. And then when you, when you say something, I'm going to move on it. Be in a position that, like, he knows once he drops it in your spirit, you're going. Yeah. Because, like, that, that's a vessel that's ready to go. Yep. You're not going to, you know, ponder on it for a couple months and then think about it, weigh the pros and cons. When God speaks, you go. Mm-hmm. And once you cross that bridge in your mind, he'll, he'll start dropping things in your spirit. Because it's a sign to him that once you do it, he knows you're, you're a vessel that'll go, a, a, you know, a car that'll go.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, because, and I love that, move quickly on what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. It's such a vital thing. You know, we've had people, Carolyn laughs because we'll have people come to us and be like, man, you guys like, you don't ever like think about it or like pause. Like you get this thing, you get an idea, like you just do it. And we laugh because so many people have now told us that, but it's not that, uh, we're just trying to be reckless and no planning. It's like, if the Lord is burdening, burdening us to do something, we do it as quickly as possible. We don't want to wait on it. We don't want to sit on it. We want to move on it because, uh, as he's, you know, think about this. God has not just an agenda, he has a timeline. Mm. I mean, think about that. If you told your child to do something, would you be satisfied if they did it four months from now? (laughs) You know, if, hey, can you get me a drink? Sure. And then four months later, they bring (laughs) you a drink. Like, you, you think that you'd be happy with that? And how do you think God feels when the Lord speaks to people to do something and they wait three years to do it? What do you think? I've had people come up to me in services, but hey, brother, Ted, would you just pray for me? I was like, sure. How can I pray? The Lord spoke, called me to preach thirty years ago, and I'm just believing that'll come to pass. I'm like, thirty years ago, and <laughs> you're right. still you're still waiting to to actually step out and obey the the instruction you got from the Lord. I've actually told some people he's probably found somebody else by now. <laughs> it's like he has a plan, he yeah. has a timeline, he wants things to be done. So like, why are we waiting? And I love I love that because faith will step out that's
0: right faith mm-hmm. doesn't
1: wait for resources faith doesn't wait for a, you know all that stuff faith steps out
0: that's right just like you said the, faith doesn't wait for resources I've, I've heard you say like there are there are people that wait for like the perfect technology the perfect you know they're waiting for the stars to all align or the something. money to
1: come in yeah all the money
0: to come in once you step out in faith god will provide
1: you know that it's, doesn't take any faith right to step out yeah after with all, all, all the resources yeah.
0: yeah that's no that's not faith at all that's just, you know, paying for something. That's, but that's right. It's just buying something. But, like, like I think about it, like, n- not to self-plug, but, like, you know, the Lord showed me this and, and what um, he had Lily and I do with just start, just start streaming on Instagram. You know, just start going live once a week on Instagram. And he just we didn't have cameras. We didn't have microphones. You know, we didn't have a whole set. He just said, start, start streaming on Instagram. And we did. And it looked pretty bad. Like, you know, it was just like, like we were streaming on, on our phones. And we did. And we were faithful for it or to it. And then and then once we did that, you see the increase come. Cuz we're not waiting until we have the studio, like a studio like this. It's like, "Okay, and like there's two people watching, like we have a whole studio. For what reason? Just just do it." And then you'll see the increase come. Because when the Lord speaks, you got to move on.
1: You got to move on. Absolutely right. Time is short. You know, we can't be it's not, you know, that's the thing. You know, when you think about it with the urgency of the of eternity and how quickly Christ is coming and we see things changing in the world, you know, we know that people are dying daily. Why would we wait around to, you know, part of that, and and let me say this before we, we finish and pray for you. Part of, I think, people doing that is that they don't think their calling or their instruction is important enough. That's right. Yeah. You know what that really shows? It shows that you don't think that it's that significant, that God's not calling you to do something important. You know, if you knew that the Lord was calling you to do something that was vital to the kingdom. Would you delay on it? Would you hold back? If you recognized what I'm about to do is so important that people will go to hell if I don't, you wouldn't wait. You wouldn't, you wouldn't hold back. And so many times people will hold back and say, well, you know, I'll get started sometime next year, next, you know, a couple years from now. It's like Jesus is calling you because people need what he's put in you. I mean, think about that. And I, I've done so many broadcasts and podcasts on this, I can't even begin to tell you. Stop thinking of yourself as insignificant. You're not. Right. You're not. I mean, you look at the people that have already just been saved uh, like through what you guys have been doing. Right. It's amazing. People's lives have been turned around by what you guys have been doing.
0: Yeah, and, it, and it, we, didn't, we didn't expect it you know, to, to become anything when we started. It's like... The Lord the Lord really showed me that like he's going to speak to you and I, I believe like God has a has a God idea for for everyone. He's got a big idea for you that's going to you know that's going to be blessed because he has uh, you know a different purpose for your life than the world does. He's got something for you that when you step out on it it's just going to increase. It's like you're you're jumping onto a moving elevator. It's it's already going up and because it's God's idea, you jump on it and it's going to it's going to be blessed.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right at the end of this, and I'm sure people will rewatch this. I'm sure they'll have their families rewatch this replay, listen to the podcast. But I want Alex to pray for all of you that are watching and listening. Uh, maybe you've never been filled with the Holy spirit and you need to be, maybe you're, you need to be refilled with the Holy ghost. Maybe you've got family members that need to be baptized in the Holy spirit, but it's time for us to stand up boldly And to do the works of Christ in this final moments of time before Jesus comes. And we can't do that without the power of the Holy Ghost. So we're going to pray here at the end that, you know, maybe it's been, you know, 15 years since you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and you're feeling dry. It's time to stir up the gift that lies within you. You can not only be filled, you can be refilled. That's the difference between Acts 2 and Acts 4. They were the same people but they, in both instances, the Bible tells us they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Same people. Same people, two different houses. Right. Both times, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. So let that be your prayer today, that God would give you a fresh filling on this Good Friday of the Holy Ghost and that you'd step up to do what you're called to do before it's too late. Let's pray.
0: That's right. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person that's watching. I thank you that you sent power to this earth, that we didn't have to walk through life without power. But you sent the Holy Spirit to empower us and endue us with your power. That same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I pray that you'd have a personal encounter with people on the other side of this camera. That something would change today in their lives and they could mark this day on their calendar. That this is the moment that I got endued with power. Lord, if it's the first time, if it's the second time, if it's the 100th time, I pray power would come into the room in Jesus' name. Lord, let them be tenacious in their calling. And anything you've called them to do, let them step out in faith with boldness and with fire. Because they are important. Let them realize that in Jesus' name. I thank you for everyone. Every young person that's watching, Lord, fill them with power that their friends look at. And have to wonder what's different with them. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Listen, I'm going to do something different today than we normally do. Um, I'm going to ask those of you that are watching or listening you know, it, it makes me happy to see Alex and Lilia uh, going live. They're both in high school. This is your what, senior year? Senior year. This is his senior year. What's Lilia? Senior year. It's her yeah. senior year. They've not even gotten out of high school yet. And they're preaching the gospel. And they're on weekly preaching the gospel. They don't care what anybody thinks about it. They're on fire. I mean, literally preaching the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ uh, online every single week. People are being changed by it. People are being touched by it, and uh, it's amazing to see God do it. And as He said the increase? I want to challenge you today. We we don't often do this, but I want to challenge you to say today to sow a seed into Alex and Lilia as they're preaching the gospel. Um, and you just you. recently set that up to where people can sow seeds.
0: That's right. We've got um we've got credit card and debit card. We've got PayPal. How do they get to that? Is it a so, website? So um yeah, it's it's Lilia and Alex dot square dot site. There it we, is. We just set that up. And, just uh, came
1: up? Just came live?
0: Yeah, just uh, about a month ago. You know, <laughs> I awesome. was getting so Brand many, new. you know, the Holy Ghost was telling me, like, and, you know, Auntie Carolyn was assuring me, like, you need you need a vessel because God, God has to have a vessel. God will provide. Bless. Yeah.
1: And so, so we're going to put the website right now into the comments on all three platforms. That's it. Uh, Lilia and Alex dot square dot site. There is the... Um, the uh, website that you can click on if you're watching on Twitter, watching on YouTube, watching on Facebook. Uh, did you guys set up a cash app?
0: Uh, yes, we do. It's, it's Lilia and Alex. Okay, dollar so, sign Lilia So dollar
1: sign Alex. Lilia and Alex is the uh, cash app uh, that you can use if you'd like to use cash app. I would encourage you guys to sow a seed. Do something significant because they are standing up for the uh, the power of the Holy Ghost in their generation. We need more young people that are doing what Christ has called them to do. We need people that are not ashamed of the power right. of the Holy Ghost, that are not ashamed that they're spirit filled, that they believe in the blessing of the Lord. They believe in the power of Christ, not ashamed in this generation that is extremely, uh, what would you say? Antagonistic. That's right. Towards that message. Um, what are they? They're asking about PayPal. Do you, you know have
0: what? It? I think it's it's uh, a. How do you do the PayPal.me slash?
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, PayPal.me forward slash. Lilia and Alex. Same there you thing. go. So it's PayPal.me forward slash Lilia and Alex spelled out. Hey, I want to th-
0: thank you ahead of time. Thank you for sewing. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we Lili- really do. Lilia is uh, Alex's friend from high school, and uh, she's on the broadcast right now. But uh, if you go to their YouTube channel, you can see them preaching and teaching uh, on different uh, topics. And they even just started a new series where, called, uh, which I think is a phenomenal wow, uh, who name. who came up with it? Phenomenal title. Because <laughs> they were started with Lilia and Alex Go Live. And then they started shorter videos that are five minutes or less called Lilia and Alex Go Five. So cool. And uh, I don't know who came up with that, but it's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, but if you go listen... Uh, direct your young people there, direct your, your uh, children, grandchildren, whatever. These are topical things they're teaching on. Um, and you can get this from that, their own generation they need to hear it from their own peers. And, uh, if you check it on YouTube, just search Lilia and Alex go live and you'll find the channel, all the contents on the channel and then subscribe to the channel and, uh, and share it with people. But they're preaching the word of God and unashamed, of the fire of the Holy Ghost, I love that you've been playing some of these old Pentecostal ministers and their oh, yeah. meetings. It's um, yeah, P-
0: People need to see it. This generation needs to see the fire.
1: I know you've played A.A. Allen. Oh, A. 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 a.
0: Doctor Rodney, mm-hmm. uh, Benny Hinn. We, we've pra- uh, played a lot. We should we should start doing that. What, what do we call it? Watch party. But um, yeah, yeah. People need to see that, and it's encouraging because you know people would scroll. You know, young people today will scroll through TikTok and hear like the same. Like even if it's Christians. They'll hear, hear the same message. You know, it's hard to be a Christian. Jesus never promised yeah. an easy life. Let's just, like, snuggle with him in the store.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's horrible. But it's, it's, it's awful, it's and that's, if that's
0: all that people are saying. You need, if you have young people, you need them to, you know, hear something good, not depressing. Don't depress them with, like, you know, like something like, you have purpose. You that's have right. fire. You have a, you know, you've got a calling. That's important. Absolutely. And it's very important. And we love to important. encourage them. We love to, even, you know, if they have questions, we'd love to talk to them.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm, I can tell you, these guys are studying, they're focused. Alex's plan, of course, he was, you know, he was saying he thanks God for the Upwork Conference. He got that's filled right. with the Holy Ghost at the Upwork Conference. That's right, yeah. And, um, and called to, to preach. And called to preach at the Upwork oh, yeah. Conference. And so that's really what God's called you to do is to preach the gospel. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you're all, now. it's amazing. He's already in Bible school courses as he's in high school still, but he's doing double duty. It's high school finishing up, plus Bible school. And then next year, um,
0: Uh, correct? One year of Bible school, and then I'm headed down to uh, Dr. Rodney.
1: Whoa! The river. Have you you made that decision? I made the decision. Oh, wow. Uh, And so he's going into studying for ministry and then going into full-time ministry. That's right. And uh, I'm proud of you. And I'm I'm telling you, we need more on fire uh, young people that are not ashamed. We need an army rising up in these final moments of time. And uh, when I say army, I say that specifically because it's more than just believing something. It's about faithfully doing something. Mm. Yeah. And um, it's funny because the military, they don't just like, you know, we believe in our country. <laughs> they go out and fight <laughs> right. for their country. That's right. And that's the difference is that I'm not just uh, believing in Christ. I'm right. fighting the good fight of faith. That's right. And that's that's the key. And so hey, I'll see um, you there, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Jake Lawson. Good man. Love you, buddy. Thanks for hanging with us today and, um, and thanks for, for sowing every person that sowed a seed, uh, to Lily and Alex. We appreciate it. We love you. We thank you for that. Um, I'm believing that they'll see even a greater harvest of souls in 2021, uh, through the preaching, the teaching he's been preaching in his youth group. He's been preaching online. God just keeps opening the doors. I'm very excited to see it happen. Uh, the anointing's moving. Our generation's being touched. Yeah. Let me finish by saying, don't believe the lie that this is a generation that's not hungry for that's the right. things of God mm-hmm. or the Holy Ghost. Everywhere I've been, I'm sure you've seen it, uh, when it, when people recognize that it's not dead, dry religion, but there's a mighty touch of God. There's a move of the Holy Ghost. Everybody I've encountered is hungry for that. That's right. Everybody. Yeah. I don't have people walking out and be like, oh, I didn't know there was a church. I, people are like on the edge of their seats. That's right. I was in a revival meeting not long ago, and it was like it wasn't a youth group, it wasn't uh, anything. It was a regular revival, all ages represented. Mm -hmm. One night, I gave the call for salvation. Every person at the altar, and the altar was lined. Every person at the altar that came to be saved was under twelve years old. Many of them weeping tears. I saw one seven-year-old boy get out of his seat. He was weeping. Wow! I mean, weeping. Don't tell me children can't understand and teenagers can't understand. The whole altar call in a revival was 12-year-old or or younger. That's right. And I'm telling you, people are hungry for a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. Um, Wow. Nancy said, I connect to your story, Alex. My five-year-old is on fire for Jesus. He loves praying for the sick and the poor. I'll sow seed your ministry on his behalf. Oh, thank you. Praise
0: God. Thank you. That's amazing.
1: That is. And I'm just telling you, I'm very, very excited. I'm not, you're not going to hear me uh, you know well you know it's a, it's a rough time I, you're going to hear me uh, excited about the fact people are rising up oh, yeah. people are rising up I don't focus on uh, you know whatever negative thing is happening because that's not our story I said, like, well you know many are going to fall away <laughs> I focus right. on the remnant that's on fire that's right I focus on the victory tribe and that's who we are And so uh, we love you, Alex. Thanks for being on today. Thanks for having me on. Uh, All of the Victory Tribe, we love you. Have a phenomenal Good Friday. If you're in church tonight, communion service, church service, whatever you're doing, celebrate. Even if your church isn't holding service tonight, I want to encourage you, have communion with your family. Thank God that Jesus was crucified. Thank him that he gave his life. Thank him that he was buried. Thank him that he was resurrected. Give God the praise today. We love you. Uh, we, we say thanks for being a part of the Victory job and we'll uh, be back with you again again on Monday, same time. Have a great Resurrection Weekend. We love you. Bye, everybody. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.